This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chakras and Cuss Words podcast. I am back, your friend, Catherine. And today I have my guest, Roshni, and we are talking about nursing, (laughs) spirituality, and how it all kind of balances together and the burnout related to nursing and also getting more created in the spiritual I guess you could say aspect and formulation of the two. So welcome, please introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about you. Yes. Um, I love your podcast name because I think it's just the perfect (laughs) juxtaposition of my own spiritual journey and and life motto. Uh, My name is Roshni Shah. I was born and raised in Chicago and I practice as an RN here. And I also um, part-time offer, you know, coaching practice services, um, along the lines of spiritual healing, Reiki, inner child work, uh, kind of combining all of my interests. And I do a lot of community service work and justice work here uh, on the ground. And yeah, that's kind of my me in a nutshell for now. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, that's wear, great. I wear many hats. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I was just talking to you and you were telling me that you actually, when you went into nursing, you saw it as like a spiritual kind of a spiritual base that you were leaving from the corporate, the corporate side and stepped into nursing. So give us a little background about your, um, your nursing background. Yeah. I vowed to myself to never work in healthcare. Um, so I tried, you know, Indian woman, I kind of thought the only job opportunities I had were accounting or medicine. Okay. So I think I went into college, not knowing how big the world was ideally. Um, so yeah, I went, I started school in accounting. I hated it because I had way too much personality for it. And I somehow shifted my education into health administration. So I worked in mm-hmm. corporate for a few years and, you know, living the dream. I had my own office. I guess I could have followed the path and become a director one day, but just feeling super disconnected. Um, you know, maybe it was a recession. Maybe it was just part of becoming an adult, but it just wasn't mm-hmm. what I thought it was going to be. And so I moved to India for a year, just, I always wanted to live there. I worked at a tech startup. I had no idea what I was doing, Mm -hmm. but I think in that journey and process, I realized that I was pretty much useless without a computer. And I was literally sitting in an office in another country doing the same work, essentially, that I was doing here. It just felt like really like a waste of my humanity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it kind of coincided with my first experience with I've always been very spiritual but it was like the first time that it was like painful spiritual (laughs) Mm -hmm. like it was just really breaking apart a lot of what I thought was good it had this very good and bad mentality up until that point in my life Mm -hmm. um so yeah that kind of all kind of combined and I volunteered at a a hospital in India Um, I did a bunch of volunteering projects across India I worked at like I worked at brothels uh, worked in leprosy communities. I did all these random projects to kind of figure out what I liked. 
And I just, I never knew what a nurse was. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And my sister was a nurse and I was just like, oh, like this is, I don't want to be a doctor, but I like this role. Right. And literally when I came back on Thanksgiving day, within 24 hours, my mom had gotten um, extremely sick and Jay was in the ICU for like a month and a half. And at that experience, I don't like being out of control of a situation. And I think that experience one was like, I am so reliant on someone else telling me what's going on. My sister was a nurse and she's an ER nurse. So she's of course, badass. And like, you know, she's like doing all these, like, she knows all this stuff. And like me and my other sister are like freaking out. And then just the process of like taking care of my mom, post-recovery, seeing the nurses, seeing the good ones and the bad ones. Mm-hmm. I just was like, oh, this is cool. You know, and, and I just, um, yeah, that was kind of my initiation. I, I was looking for a way to connect my hands, head and heart in alignment with my work. I felt like in corporate, I was always wearing a mask, yeah. which is ironic now with COVID. But like at that right. point, I was like, going to work, code switching, you know, like no one could say my name. I just felt like it was just such a disconnection from spirit. And I felt like with nursing, it gave me a way to like, just really be in service Mm -hmm. and not deal with all the corporate hierarchy, political crap or so I thought. (laughs) I had, I had ambitious ideals. I do this like ambitions, I think is the word. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what led me into nursing was circumstance and spirit and just I really felt like it was a calling you know I, I had yeah. interviewed a bunch of nurses in my previous job and um, I felt like it really connected all of my skill set like of being a people person being a part-time historian you know reporter, investigative journalist part-time creative person right nursing is very creative and resourceful and very logical and practical and I'm like oh like anything I'll always use these skills like no one can take this away from me Um, so it was just like a perfect medium for me to kind of use all the skills that I valued and enjoyed using. Mm -hmm. And I I love that you mentioned that like nursing felt like a calling. Um, cause I feel like so many people like, they're like, oh yeah, I want to be a nurse. That sounds cool. You know, and nursing, I mean, for me, I'll be honest. I knew I wanted to do something medical. I didn't really necessarily know what it was, I knew that it was going to be somewhere in that line of helping people because I was a patient, um, you know, for many years. And I, I knew I wanted to be in the hospital, like the hospital, like in some sad way, like was familiar. It, it, it felt like home in some ways. And, and I knew that I want to be centered in that area where I could help, um, And I think that really sends a lot of value because I feel like people come into nursing and they think that they're going to make like tons of money or there's going to be like tons of job security and, um, you know, everybody needs nurses and there's like nursing shortage or whatnot. But when you go into nursing and your main focus isn't somebody else it starts to really wear on you because you just don't understand the the fact that you are actually giving nonstop, like giving a lot of energy nonstop, and barely rarely do you receive that energy back 
Totally. So yeah. So I really like to caution people like when they say, I think I want to be a nurse. It's like, well, then maybe you should try to do something in healthcare or something um, where you can kind of see if that's where you really want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you, did you I, just dive right into nursing too? Yeah. So I, um, I just want to preface that with, I teach part-time here, nursing students. And mm-hmm. I always like when I have students who just are like hungry to become an NP and do all these, they want to go up the ladder so fast about experience. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're in healthcare for the money, unless you're a CEO, it's not worth it. Like you have to be in it for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, if you want to make money, like I'm like, go into finance, go into real estate. Like you can make a lot of money without any human. There's more than just financial assets. There's emotional assets that you're going to be spending and not investing in growing. It's yeah. just part of the process. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did an accelerated nursing program. So there's a few in Chicago here. And so I went back and I faced my demon of biochem, mm-hmm. got my first C minus in my life and it was very humbling. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got to nursing school. I finished in about two and a half years. Um, and I, that was like the honeymoon. Like I loved nursing school. I think as a learner, I was like hungry to learn. I've always loved school. Um, I just was around people who were motivated for the same reasons. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I had found my people, you know, like, I just feel like the crass humor and hard work ethic of nursing, not everyone, but at least the people that I chose to hang out with, I was like, oh, it was like a humble humor. I just love that energy of like people just down to get dirty, down to do work, work their asses off. Sorry, right. I can't do that. Oh no, um, you, it's, it's called shockers and cuss words for a yeah, reason. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. So yeah, so like people who work their asses off and then like go have a beer and like, right. and like, I feel like when you're facing, you know, and I simultaneously was taking care of my mom who was sick. When you have chronic illness and I have my own chronic health stuff, but when you have chronic illness, near death experiences, when you're just, I worked as a tech, like when you're seeing people, mm-hmm. you know, with the brain cord injury or like, you know, a spinal injury and they're not able to, you just can't look at that, not have it shift your perspective of how you live your life. Right. You know, so I worked on a TBI floor and I was as a tech and, you know, I'm like cleaning up poop up to my arms and, and right. building relationships with my patients. And I feel like I was, you know, go, I would go to work crying about a breakup or something. And then I would be like, okay, like perspective, like I'm walking out of here. I'm going to go grab a beer and like, I'll be fine. You know? And it's again, maybe it's like a weird masochistic way of learning a lesson, but I feel like when you do this day in day out, and I don't know what unit you are in, but um, I was in the, well, I first, when I first started my nursing career, I was um, a new grad and I actually worked in a skilled nursing facility for like uh, five, five or six months. And then I said, fuck, so you know that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, then I, uh, and then I left and I actually did float nursing for about another three years where I was in multiple departments. I was in um, like PEDS to ER to ICU to tele to postpartum um, to NICU. So I was just floated all through the county hospital. And in all honesty, that it was hard. It was hard emotionally, mentally, and just like the flexibility part of never knowing what department you were in. But in all honesty, that 
that um, that area really taught me that I was capable of doing much more than one thing. Like it let it led me to see that there was so many elements of nursing. Like nursing was yeah. such a broad profession where if I wanted to work with babies, I could. If I wanted to work with moms, I could. Yeah. If I wanted to work with um, guys who were freaking drunk in the ER and just, you know, yeah. jumped off a ledge because they were, you know, like, dude, hold my beer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they freaking, yeah. you know, I could. And then I was, you know, in an ICU. I was in ICU and I, and I, I will be honest, I did not, I, I liked ICU, um, but it was not for me. And I, and I realized that right away, like ICU and NICU were like a two where I possibly thought about it. I liked it, but I knew it wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah. I also was a float ICU nurse. Um, and I was a doula part-time because I, I loved the birthing process, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't think I wanted to go into OB right away. And same thing. Like I realized that I was good at many things, but I, that feeling of, and I, I'm a travel nurse now. So like, I feel like even I'm so good at getting into a place or shift and adapting. I'm very adaptable. Mm-hmm. It's one of my greatest skills, but I love community and I love fostering relationships. So mm-hmm. it's really anti my right. natural need to like have a, you know, a work wife and like have someone, you know, you just, you're constantly in a space of, um, I don't want to say fight or flight, but you're constantly in this, in this mental space of figuring things out. Right. And then you're using all your other mental space to like keep this person alive and, and follow orders and, you know, understand dynamics and politics of the unit and, it's, it takes a toll on you because there's not a lot of blank mental space for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you got centered in your, like when you got centered in your department and you started working as a nurse and you're really centered in that area, how did you start to release the energy that you're receiving from that department? How did you, how did you start to kind of take that area where you're like, okay, I need to like release this energy. I want to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. Because <laughs> um, I worked nights for like three, four years. And I thought I was doing that by like doing what I used to do, which was like working out. Or I was trying really hard to get better about getting enough rest during the day. Mm-hmm. Or like trying to, re- it was all that was like a productive, you know, coping mechanism. And, and I had taught yoga and meditation. I'd done the Vipassana trainings. Like, I'm like, okay, I can do like 10 minute meditation. I'll do an hour meditation every night or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like checking off. It became a, like a thing I was checking off. Right. And I felt like, okay, I'm doing it. Okay. I will not lie about that. And then I think um, in 2020, my mom passed away. And prior to that, I had gone through like a really, like a, you know, incredible heartbreak. And I think like the combination of all these setbacks and heartbreaks just really like forced me into my body. Mm-hmm. And because I was in such a space of surrender, I just let things come to me. And this is how I even discovered Reiki and like body, like my embodiment work. And it's like, people were coming up to me and, and, and telling me like, oh, you need to cut cords or like you have, like you're carrying mm-hmm. so much weight. And I was like, you know, yeah. it would have been like, like whatever. And 
I knew I was working in India. I studied yoga. Okay, I talked about it logically. I I taught yoga. Okay, I know this stuff. Like, okay, whatever. But it was such a broken-hearted state. Like, they, you know, someone offered me Reiki, and like, that's when I realized, like, I was carrying the weight, not just of like my mom and like my relationships and my family and friends. I was carrying the weight of every patient because I would have PTSD from like. I always tell everyone like 4 a.m. to me is bewitching hour. Like there's something just so spiritual and spooky at the hospital or at home. Like 4 a.m. is when you meditate, right? Right. And that's when I did my baths. And I always would do baths. It's a very spiritual pr- process because I'm like, this is someone's naked body. And like, they probably felt like a, you know, just like a, I, from my mom's experience, I know that she just hated being labeled by her diagnosis. And like, her bath time and shower time was such a, for even for a mother daughter, it was such a beautifully mm-hmm. like vulnerable space, but it was such a time for me to honor her as a woman. And like, I don't want her to feel like a patient. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember like, I, I did Reiki on my patients without knowing I was doing Reiki. Right. I, right. I would bless their food. And like, I had no idea that I was bringing this home, but I was, I'd never experienced a level of being drained and I just thought it was night shift I'm like oh it's nights but then I went to days and I still felt it like I like the the beeping and the agonizing cries and I'm like maybe I'm just not tough enough for this job like what is wrong with me like everyone else is going out having a good time I'm trying to get drunk but I don't like drinking as much and like I'm still feeling like I still have this I can't unfeel it and um yeah and I think that's what like it, it took me down to rock bottom to get there, but like embodiment work, healing work, energy work, holy shit, that stuff is real. And, and once I learned how to cut cords and like how to disconnect, I, I could, I can feel the weight off of me. And now I know it's not like a one-time thing. It's like a daily practice, right. you know, and, right. and I just wish right. I knew this sooner, to be honest. Yeah. And I, I like that you mentioned that, you know, you thought it was night shift and you're like, Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm going to get off night shift and, and not, and night shift is not for everybody. Like for real, like I was on night shift, um, for a few years and in all honesty, I could never do nights again. Um, I would have to do something else like no way. Um, but, and I did the whole, like the whole, I guess you could say the whole external, you know, healthy standards, you know, I was in the gym, I was working out, I was eating like so clean. And I was like doing all this stuff where like, I was really centered in that external area, but like my inner area and my inner energy was like, still not healed, you know, like it still was like unbalanced. And then once I really started to practice like spiritual modalities every day, even if it wasn't just the chakras and just the energy, but just like learning more about something that wasn't nursing, it really kind of like helped me start to build a formulation of something that was greater than the external, because the external was like all I was centered off of, like, um, nursing burnout it's all when you're at in the hospital I feel like it's like a marketing gimmick like okay guys go on headspace and do a five-minute meditation like yeah I tried implementing 
<laughs> I, was like, I was very ambitious. I, I was a, I was like the chair of our like, you know, float nurses, whatever. I was, I was ambitious and right. I wanted to build a healing room in the break room, which is already disgusting. But right. If we have like coloring and like quiet space, cause I had like beeping fatigue, like, like sound. Yeah. I'm like, I am now the old person that drives home in silence because I cannot stand noise. <laughs> like, yeah. I yeah. just want silence. And yeah, that got nixed because, you know, budget, not that it even cost anything, but the, the culture of healthcare, right? It's like, if you do good work, you get punished with more work. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like almost amongst the peers, like I would get made fun of for like eating a salad or like not eating junk, but the culture mm-hmm. in healthcare amongst each other is like, the more exhausted you are, the more badass you are, the more like the more hard, the hardest patient you take on and the more you, the less you say no, the, like the, the cooler you are, the better you know, staff you are. And it's like, right. it's this culture. It's like so toxic. Cause I was like, yeah, like, I don't want to pick up a shift cause you're short staffed. I'm tired, you know? And it's yeah. like, if you care about your team, you will, and you care about your team. So you feel guilty about saying no, or like you'd show up, but then it's, you, you can't have right. a right. out of work. Right. And, and the- really hard. And the culture of like, like you said, the culture of healthcare is extremely unhealthy. (laughs) It's like so fucking unhealthy and mentally, physically, like nursing as a whole is a fucking unhealthy profession. The way that older nurses treat newer nurses, the way that you have this expectation that if you ask for help, you're seen as scared, timid, or maybe you shouldn't be in this field, you know, like it has this huge dynamic. And I think just the way that nurses, and this goes for male, female, whatever, have this function that we are supposed to give our whole self up to a profession is probably one of the most unhealthiest practices any profession, do you know, no. like, and I, I think profession. it's so manipulative because what they do is this is something I work with, like my coworkers, or I coach a lot of my students and my clients or whatever. And like, when you use, it's manipulative to use words like family or service mm-hmm. or duty or spirit. And I'm South Asian. So this is like ingrained in my culture of like, right. Hey, this is your duty. Your work is work is a blessing. It's a, it's a gift to give to others. Right. When you use those words, it's really hard to monetize it. And it's really hard to find your value when you're not giving enough and it's never enough. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not trying to be cynical. I love my patients. I do love working as a nurse, but I will say that if we're a business, most of my coworkers or my old friends are in businesses and they get bonuses, they get time off, they get incentivized mm-hmm. to do more work. They get, you know, it's not like if you don't come to work, you're letting your family down. If you don't come mm-hmm. to work, it's like, all right, well, work from home or like, Hey, well, take take time to get rest. You can come back and be better. Right. Right. We don't have that culture in healthcare. And, and I even went to India to volunteer in like a rural hospital to like refine my love for healthcare. Mm -hmm. And it was happening there too. It's like, this is your family pick up extra work. Like, would you want your mother to die like this? And it's like, it's so the culture is just there because they're using your heart. Right. And like, when you're using your heart, it's manipulative. I felt like I'm like being gaslit about my own feeling (laughs) and I didn't know these words you know you don't know it until you're like so broken down by it right yeah and it it, 
And I mean, I genuinely like, I'm like, I know you do. I gen, I genuinely love nursing. Like I love that nurse and patient dynamic. Like when, yeah. you know, you have a patient, even, even the patients that don't like me, like I still appreciate yeah. them and I still like the oh. fact that they don't like me. Yeah. I don't fucking like myself sometimes. You know what I mean? Like I get it, you know, and probably because I'm running in their room and I'm like, I got to do this. I got to do this. And the patient's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, I got to do this. And they're like, whoa, I don't, you know, I totally get it because working as an emergency room nurse. Um, and I would say probably around my, yeah, probably like around my ninth year of being an emergency room nurse I was like you know the the the, with the pandemic I was like "Mm, how long do you think we're going to be doing this you know and I'm like talking to other nurses at the nurse's station like you you see yourself doing this forever and I'll be honest I I back when I was you know at the county, I was like, I want to retire emergency room nurse. Like, this is such badass. I love this. You know, I love yeah. it. And I was such on like this adrenaline high of like, yeah, I'm a kick-ass nurse. Yeah, I could take that. You know what I mean? Like, and I was such on this, this area of ego that I didn't realize that my ego was like just forming into this massive pollution of toxicity. And I was just like, finally, you know, probably maybe about in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, and I had friends who got sick and, and, and I was like, I don't want to die for this shit. Do you know what? Like, and, and that's, and that's honestly where I was like, I don't, you're a human that cares about your life, but you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't, murder. Yeah. And, and, it, yeah. and it got to the point, like we had COVID tents, you know, we yeah. were out there yeah. in rain, heat. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? You know? Yeah. And it, and it was like, I just felt so devalued as a emergency room nurse who was centered off of saving people's lives. Like that was my main objective. Like I'm going to save a life, you know? Yeah. And I was like, and I remember the reason why I became an emergency room nurse. And, and now that I think about it, it it's very selfish. Um, I became an emergency room because I got instant gratification after I saved somebody's life. I do not think it's selfish. <laughs> but, Listen, I, yeah. I really, I have a, you're allowed to feel what you feel, but I feel like like service is inherently selfish. I feel like right, I right. give from a place because I've been hurt before. And so like, it makes me feel good because I know how to give someone something that can help them. Right. So like, right. yeah, it fucking feels good. Right. Like, why would you do something if it feels bad? It feels good to say, I love when I'm like, yeah, I figured that shit out. I got it. Like, yeah, it is human nature. And I think it's normal. Like you should celebrate this idea that you are badass enough to, it is Instagram. I mean, it is something so satisfying about that. Like I, right. I am not in long-term skill facility for a reason. I'm not a PT for a reason. Right. I don't have patience for that. Okay. Like I want to see it and I want to see it work now. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. he's like, give me some drips now. I'm in the ICU. It's long-term, but I'm also like, yeah, like look at my numbers. Not like, is there's yeah. a, and that's, it's fun. I and mean, you're allowed to have fun at work and you're allowed to find joy in that. Like, right. I just think that like the, the word hero makes me cringe because 
when you're living it, it's like, yeah, the media saying you're a hero, but you know what a shit show hospitals can be. And like, Mm -hmm. and the chaos that was not necessary, but it was there. And then it was like, it wasn't like you're calling us a hero and treating us one like one. Like we were getting dinged bonuses. I have coworkers who are meant to feel bad or like, you know, feel guilty if they were pregnant. They have to take their own, you know, their own time off. They couldn't even Mm -hmm. get paid time off. And then it like I got COVID twice because I got COVID once, you know, at home, and then I got it when working in the ICU because we were sharing papers, which was cleaning at Windex. Yeah. And like then they made me feel bad about it, and I was like, but like I don't know what you want me to do. Like it's not my fault. And they're like, well, if you can breathe, just come to work and just wear a mask and blah blah blah. And I'm like, this is not aligning with your idea. Like you're telling me I'm valuable, but you're not treating me like I am. It's like a right, very right. unhealthy relationship. And- it is a very and healthy relationship yeah, yeah and that's just like the more you I think for me the more spiritually I found my value and not what I was producing but who I was mm-hmm. as a spiritual being mm-hmm. I I just can't unsee and I see the people who are so scared or disconnected from themselves or like can't see themselves leaving the job they've always known and I'm like right I love I love my patients like no one I know does this because we like to be abused <laughs> like I love my right. I love I, I really genuinely like, I haven't left nursing yet because I find so much satisf- job satisfaction in the interactions with humans. Yeah. But it's like the system is what is really a hard, a hard place for me to draw realistic boundaries with mm-hmm. because I also need to make a living. And I also need to like, I now know that I need space to be, to have a space of ease. I want ease and laughter and chill. I don't want stress. And like, right. like he's like, my ego was so attached to like being a badass ICU nurse. Yeah. And like letting that go was hard. But now I'm like, oh, I'm like a chill ass <laughs> nurse slash something else slash right. creative slash. And then like I have space to be, you know, integrated into more than just one thing, which right. is feels good, honestly. Mm-hmm. It does. And I think um, like right now, with nursing, like, you know, there's still tons of like new nurses who want to get out there and like, you know, and, and take it on and save the world and save every patient and, and, you know, and, and work tremendously hard. And I, I would say that like my first, my first few years, like definitely my first three to four years, I was that one that was like picking up the 16s. I was, you know, yeah, I'll stay overtime. I'll, you know, work, work like crazy. And it really made me feel so like off-centered where I really started to almost like discourage, like even being in nursing, probably like probably, you know, when the pandemic hit, I was definitely like, do I even want to still be a nurse? Do I even want to, you know, still work with patients? Like it really took a lot for me to find that alignment of, yes, I still want to be a nurse. I still want to be centered as a nurse. I don't, I can have my spiritual practices. I can have my clients, you know, I can have people that I work with on a different type of healing and I can still be centered as a nurse. How did you create that alignment for you as, cause you're still working as a nurse as well. Mm-hmm. So how did you create that alignment for yourself where you 
like you knew that you needed something more? Yeah. Um, I've always been someone that's kind of always had a lot of, I don't want to say side hustles, but I've always had a lot of interests. Right. And I, I thought nursing was going to be this beautiful medium of combining everything. And then I, I'm not, I'm grateful for how I had to experience it. I, I went through a period of being really jaded by the career. Cause I was just like, God, like this is supposed to be my calling and it's not like it's taking advantage of me. And I, and it's, and it was frustrating. Um, and so it's been a lot of trial and error. I think I'm still figuring it out, but I think you always start with what you know you want more of and what you want less of. And like, I don't want to work every day. So I love having random weekdays off. Um, I am really trying to, what I have control over is like, I can control how much time I can give. I can't control people's bad attitudes. Mm-hmm. I can control how I come to work. And that means that I have to do, you know, I now know these healing practices and, and I cut cords daily, uh, do Reiki on myself. Um, I get rest. I, I, I like, I've built in my life and that means I don't value, I want to make good money, but I don't live my life to make a lot of money. Like to me, there is time is an asset. Creativity is an asset. Like I, relationships to me are an asset that I am building a bank of mm-hmm. and nothing like going through something really, really hard to make you realize investing in relationships, how much it's paid me back in return. Like beautiful. Like I, I can't, I'm very blessed in the relationships that I've been able to foster mm-hmm. curiosity, like learning, you know, I, I've done relationship coaching courses and I take, I'm taking a drawing class right now. Like I just, I've always get, getting myself back. That creative part of myself mm-hmm. is spiritual and it is connecting and I'm not saying I'm happy every day at work. Like there's days when I'm like, F am I doing here? You know, but I left the ICU. I'm doing like PACU post-op. So my patients are alive and they're going. And that is a huge, it is a huge mental health shift for me because yeah. I was just like, I'm a Capricorn Scorpio moon. Like I love that morose energy. Right. And I am not afraid of death. Like I, yeah. I have a very deep connection with spirituality and spirit. Um, but I was getting in there. I was maybe living it too much <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I wasn't agreeing with a lot of it. Right. Cause I'm like, God, like, please let this person die today. Like, please, please like let them be released. Right. Like, it, and the surgery came around in the morning and they'd be like putting on more drips and doing more stuff. And I'm like, Ugh. so yeah. I, I think getting away from that is good. Like surgery, same day surgery is beautiful. You're coming in for a knee, you yeah. a good, brand new knee. You're healthy and happy. Like, yay. (laughs) Yes. And instant gratification. I'm telling you, maybe it's selfish, but like I, for my psyche and mental health, it is like been Mm -hmm. a game changer. Um, yeah. And I I think I, I, I I have other responsibilities right now, like just with my family and personal life that are very, uh, soul draining, um, in a nice way. So Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of myself to give again you know and I think I learned that the hard way is like I was giving all of myself in a relationship and all of myself to work and all myself to my parents and there was none of me left for me and I've had to rebuild this inner child and I'm rebuilding I see I'm like a little like you know three-year-old inside like I'm just trying to rebuild this spirit slowly and and it keeps evolving is what that is yeah definitely I mean 
I know the transition, like, um, leaving because I left the emergency room as well in November of, um, 2021. Yeah. In 2021, I left the emergency room and, and I left the, the inpatient side of nursing. So, um, it was a huge shift for me and it was, um, you know, it, and it is more in a like, um, format where I'm in a clinic and it, you know, I'm in charge of a, a clinic as the charge nurse. And, and it was a, a, a different dynamic. And in all honesty, there are some areas of it that, you know, I don't necessarily um, agree with, or, you know, a corporation still a corporation, you know, yeah. nursing still a, a business like, um, many of us are, you know, centered in business, no matter where we're at, if it's financial banking, you know, stocks or whatever. And, but the actual like relief it gave me was like, almost like instant. Like I, it, I mean, like there's days I'm like, you need me to start an IV? Like, okay. <laughs> like, it's just like, you know, yeah. crazy because I'm like, never did I think I wouldn't be starting an IV like multiple times a day as, yeah. you know, emergency room news, do like 20 IVs a day. I don't know. You do a lot, you know? Yeah. And, and then to be in a different area where it was like an instant, like release. And it's just weird because I used to, you know, the beeping of the, of the machines, like the diamond maps or the BP machines or whatever, you know, sensors would drive me nuts. And now I don't hear them at all. Like I hear other noise, but it's like noise of like doctors talking to patients, walking patients to the door, like is a different type of element. And I'm like, you know, I am so thankful that I'm now receiving like a different energy because for yeah. me, I was like on this, this area where it was like, either I'm going to stay in emergency room nursing and I'm going to like hate going to work or I'm going to have to find something else, you know? Yeah. So I also I take, teach part-time. Huh? And I think that is, I teach part-time and That's I think good. that like, that like hungry energy, like, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, they're like amazed by spiking a bag and I'm like they're so cute and I'm like oh like you know because you it gets old to you right and I'm like okay like that like fresh eyes is actually mm-hmm. helpful and because now I'm aware of energy I try to avoid the soul sucking energy of like the negative you know we all have those negative coworkers, mm-hmm. and I'm like okay like I'm this complaining dive and in this venting and this complaining right and like mm-hmm. vent and I like to cuss and that's fine. Nursing has made me cuss a lot, by the way. My mom is mm-hmm. not happy. Um, but because I was grew up in a very like, you know, holy, mm-hmm. holy home. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I I now when every travel assignment, I'm like, I can pin who the sores are in the org. And I, I find it very comical now because I floated and then I travel nurse to so, like everyone thinks that their unit special and works harder than other units and everyone thinks everywhere everywhere yeah so special and I'm like I I I teach clinicals I floated as an ICU nurse I went to tele ER I've travel nurse 
I'm like, y'all are the same everywhere. It's the same culture. Is it the timid, scared one that gets taken advantage of and says yes to everything that I always gravitate towards and help to empower? And then there's like the negative person who doesn't want to retire, but like, you know, is just like always complaining about everything. And like, okay, I'm, I'm going to avoid you. I'm going to find my people here. And then I'm just going to bring my energy and take it back home with me. Like, right. you're not getting extra. And I think it's almost seeing people as like energetic little specimens allows me to kind of like keep mine to my, I keep some for me now without feeling bad yeah. about it. Yeah. No. Don't give all your energy away to everybody. <laughs> yeah. I used to, I didn't know, you know, energy hygiene. I didn't understand what yeah. that was. Yeah. What, what tips would you give a, a new nurse who is starting her nursing career? Yeah. On one side, I feel like, um, a lot of the new nurses I, or people who are in school are like trying to be this like Instagram nurse without putting in the work. Oh, like, I love that you brought that up, girl. The Instagram and the TikTok nurses. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You, it's like they want to, you know, they're taking selfies and there's nothing wrong with it, but they're like taking selfies and they look cute and they come to work and they want to look cute and like they want to be the nursing hero. It's like, if you're calling yourself a hero, dude, you're not a hero. No one's really, it's like, if you're saying you're enlightened, you're not enlightened. Like you just, that's just how, just how it is. Like we had to get a little humble. So I, I think in that component, like the new one, that's so hungry to become an, and I have a lot of students who want to be NPs mm-hmm. with no bedside experience. I'm like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, no, and they want yeah. like, reference letters. And I'm like, no, like I'm yeah. not giving you one because yeah. I, I was considered a, skilled nurse after a four-month orientation and I knew nothing like right. I've been a nurse for seven years and I know nothing like yeah. I still I think people have this misconception that when you're a nurse that you know everything about everything I'm like I know nothing about children or yeah. nothing about babies right I'm like, I know what I know and I haven't used like a swan gans in like almost two and oh my god what year is this yeah two years I don't mm. know what it is anymore I can't explain it to you like I forgot you know like, right like, right like I, I think there's mis, there's like marketing a drive mm-hmm. that I think I'm so happy that nurses are being recognized, but I'm like, it's a little dangerous because I see a lot of young nurses not putting in the work and the same flip side, I would say, like, I try to really encourage nurses to like, not define yourself by your career. So you mm-hmm. should know what you're investing financially. You should know what a 401k is and you should know what, you know, who you want to be outside of your job and mm-hmm. also knowing I think nursing attracts a lot of giving people and yeah. therefore they usually date takers and or live in homes with takers mm-hmm. and it's like how do you identify what a boundary you know when you're in a healthcare setting and I have a lot of friends who are doctors and nurses who you're so on the grind to pass an exam you're so on the grind to memorize mm-hmm. really hard important information but you're not developing like humanity, people skills. And I think the benefit I have is coming from corporate is I have a corporate mentality sometimes in marketing. I'm like, okay, like you're always should know your value. You should always know when you need to step away Mm -hmm. and, and you don't owe your life to this career. Like this is part of who you are, but don't lose yourself in it. And, and it's like, don't, you know, eat the eating donuts at 4am thinking it's like going to make you better. Like go it just used to be an unhealthy coping mechanism. And it's like, find new ways to cope that are healthy. And that's okay if you have to take a vacation. And that's okay if you call off. Like your coworkers are going to be okay. 
and they'll, you're, and you're, they'll figure you're it out. <laughs> yeah, and no one's gonna hate you. Like, no, we all make fun of the person that calls up every Friday, of course, but we're still friends yeah. with them. Like, whatever. Right. You know, we pick up slack, and I just feel like there's so much guilt. Um, like I have a coworker who was pregnant, and she worked until her very last day because she couldn't get time off. Mm. They wouldn't let us donate hours. She's like waddling around. And I was like, you poor thing. And she's like, you know, then, you know, she comes back early because she feels guilty and she's pumping in like a nasty, like, you know, and I'm like, this is not how we treat people. Like, this is ridiculous. Like this is, but we, we think it's normal. Yeah. You you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, when I see these TikToks or Google offices, I'm like, should I just look at Google because I could work a lot less. Yeah. And like play, play pool at lunch that sounds, and get free meals. <laughs> it amazing. sounds amazing, right? Yeah. If Google, if Google yeah, wasn't think, so far, like it's, it's pretty far from my house, you know, uh, in yeah. California. If, if it wasn't that far, I'd be like applying. Yeah. I'd be like, so you that's guys my, need that's a Google nurse. <laughs> yeah. It's like have, a, have, like have an identity outside of being a nurse, but also don't let this like nursing market it's okay right. if you have an Instagram and TikTok. Like I follow them. It's cool. Like I love yeah. Eddie, but it shouldn't, that shouldn't define you. Your career should never define all of you. It no. should, you should have this multifaceted, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that, you know, cause I started my podcast right on 2020, you know, right when the pandemic hit and I was wow. basically told to stay home because of my heart condition that I was one of the high risk and my cardiologist was like, we're taking you off work until we figure out what the heck is going on, you yeah. know? And, and, and I'll be honest, I was like, what, you know, and I really had a hard time, like not being there. But then I also knew like, I didn't want to be there. Like it was, it was very complex to where I was like, you know, and I really had to get centered. And I was like, I have been thinking about creating a podcast for like two, two to three years and I need to just do it. And then when the pandemic hit, it was just kind of like the fuck it. Okay. I'm going to do it, you know? And, um, and in all honesty, it was very much like a nursing centered podcast because it was like me talking about like the pandemic, talking about being home, my spiritual awakenings. Like it was just, it was, you know, just where I knew I didn't want my podcast to be formulated on just nursing because it's so easy to go in that niche of just one thing, but I really wanted my podcast to be an overall variety of everything that I am, everything that I want to learn more about and what I want to receive. And even though I'm not like an expert in like, um, you know, I'm not a Reiki master. I'm not, um, I'm not an expert in all these things, but these are areas that I know that other people can utilize to really learn more about themselves and learn more about, um, the spirit and the soul. So taking the leap away from the profession is a huge thing for a lot of people and not necessarily saying like, you don't have to be a nurse or, or you should gravitate all of your, uh, media or content around nursing. Like if that's your niche, like, yeah, use it. But if, you are looking and feeling burnt out, then you should really step away and find something away from the profession. 
Yeah. yeah. And this is something I work with. So I started my, my coaching practice in March of 2020 and almost out of a space because I was, you know, I, I teach from experience. And, and the thing is like, my mom was in the hospital. I, I was con- conflicted because I wanted to go back into the ICU to help out. But then I knew if I went, I couldn't take care of my mom and she was immunocompromised. And I'm really grateful I chose not to because I was able to be there for her in her last days. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like I, I've been really working on how do I, how do you integrate all the parts of you and allow it room to constantly evolve? Mm-hmm. And I really feel my name means light. And I, I always joke um, that like, I, I was supposed to be a boy. I was born a girl. And then like, my name means light. And I didn't like my name. I have a pet name at home, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, Oh, like I, I feel like I really embody my name in the way that like, I think everyone's purpose and, and what I want to help people do, whether it's my patients, my students, my clients, like, I think the of my life is how do we re-illuminate you know your intuition and that inner knowing and 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 that inner depth of who you are and and that means that you're going to be a multi-hyphenated multi-faceted human being not like a human doing and it's really hard in our culture because everything you want to be somehow has to be monetized into a side hustle and and I just feel like I don't know maybe it's because I'm first gen or like I carry this guilt of like having to make it for my family and my, and my mm-hmm. parents. And, mm-hmm. But I'm like, I feel guilty resting. And like, right. I've really been forced to, the pandemic has given me a space um, to really reckon with, you know, I, I was single. Like I, I went out of, I got out of a relationship. I, I didn't have children. My life wasn't where I thought I was supposed to be. And I think when you're in that space, like there's no, handbook there's no marketing yeah. but no one knows with you when you're a powerful woman and yeah. I think stepping into that and owning that has been such a painful and and, and hard process but I, I now understand like oh like that was my intuition the whole time telling me to slow down disconnect mm-hmm. you don't have to be serving all of yourself and and yeah I think it sounds like you know even you look sitting at home like taking care of yourself and not yeah. going to, like yeah. your heart literally was like no you have to stay home and yeah like and listen to me you know yeah. and that's powerful we don't give ourselves space to do that when do we know no yeah and and I think you know and and that's true like you were saying like the the side you know everything that we create is almost like it has to be like a side hustle that's why like I cringe I've been telling you, like, I cringe when people are like, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, and I'm like, oh, God, you know? we all. <laughs> it's like, oh. and I'm like, I just like to create shit. <laughs> like, I just I like mean, to create we're all, stuff. We're all commodities in a social media world. I recognize right. I own it. Like, I have a brand. Like, everyone's yeah. going to be a brand. Fine. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. It's like, I just like to create stuff. My thing is, I, the way it was easy for me to monetize it for, like, people who are thinking about monetization was because people would ask me questions and they would ask me, you know, where it's like, I can't give my, my knowledge. I can't give my energy. I can't give it away for free. So for me to have something to offer them where they pay me, it reduces that, that, that vulnerability of me always giving and giving and giving 
more and more. So for me, it was like an easy monetization because I was like, okay, well, you know, you can sign up for my coaching, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, and of course I invested because I'm always trying to learn more knowledge and I'm always, you know, centered on learning. Like, I just feel that, um, there's so many areas that I want to tap into that it's hard for me not to create, like, even when I was just centered on nursing, I was constantly creating something, you know, I was creating a Facebook group that was centered around fitness, you know, like, so it's like, I'm just one of those. When I was a nurse, I was creating a support group of (laughs) ICU, like PTSD members. And I was trying to find my mom, like first other South Asian humans, because in our culture and in American culture, it's like, you can't see the sickness. You're not sick. And I'm like, but you live with this mental health component when you're, you're never the same person. Like I always, my patients, we do a lot of handholding and crying. COVID is really hard for me because I'm a hugger and a hand holder. And I'm like, yeah. I don't care if you have COVID, like you're going to, we're going to hold hands. Right. But when you get a new organ, when you have a heart attack, when you get diagnosed with anything, you are not going to go back to this, who you were like, right. it is a grieving process. Oh yeah. And I love my doctor friends, but they do not understand the impact of like, you know, they want to come in like, I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. I'm like, yeah, you're going to make them live, but they're not going to be the yeah. same person. And it's like, yeah, that that mental disconnect. Like I remember I had a patient who had a organ transplant and had to live in the hospital for a year mm. and they kept telling her, Oh, you're gonna go home next week. And they kept lying to her. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're, you're acting with her psyche. Like, yeah. Like it, like let her choose if she wants to live in a hospital for a year or if she wants to go. But for them, it was like, no, like, you put an organ in we have numbers. She has to live 365 days. And I'm like, it's like, I, I want, I want my patients. I feel like, you know, in some ways, every patient I'm assigned has is, is been divinely given to me, not because I'm some like, you know, spiritual like goddess. I mean, I am, but like, because I feel like <laughs> right. I give people space. I give their humanity space to, to, to grow, yeah. but to, like give them space to just not be like, I'm not fixing you. Like, this is what's happening. Yeah. And I want right. you to like, understand it and like grieve it. Cause you're not going to go back to who you were. No. So either you're going to have to accept the shift or you're going to resist it and it's going to suck. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, let us know um, where people can find you because you've oh, been sorry. absolutely, been an hour? <laughs> I know it's been, it's been an hour. It's been uh, therapeutic for me. Thank you it, for it inviting is. me. It's very therapeutic. I think letting out our energy and letting out like what it is that we are concentrated on, especially because, yeah. you know, we do receive a lot. Um, so let us know, like, how can people find you? Because I know you are working on many projects. So let me know. Yeah. Uh, so I could put it all in the show notes and it will all be there for everybody. Yeah. All my handles are follow the Roshni, which is R O S H N I. And like I said, it means light. So it's a take on follow the light. I love that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My website, everything, Instagram, all of that is on that handle. So yeah. I love, this is why I love nursing. I love nurses. Great personality. Right. Every single one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to chakras and cuss words and this podcast, please like comment and subscribe. And, um, everything about Roshni is in the show notes. So go ahead and give her a follow and have a great day. Bye. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.